and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Bowler here momentarily. The Nets are in town tomorrow night, Gordon, 8 o'clock tip. We'll have pregame coverage beginning at 7. A version of the Nets. Version of the Nets. James Harden will be in town. Kyrie, Kyrie is out for personal reasons. This time uh, it sounds like it was excused, though. Yeah. Remember earlier in the year where he kind of kind of uh, just went and did his thing and Asked for what is that? Uh, asked for uh, forgiveness instead of permission. And I think this time's a little <laughs> bit different, where yeah. he and the team seem to be a little more on the same page. But yeah, nonetheless, not going to be in town tomorrow to take on the Jazz. But it's still, uh, I would think, should be a pretty fun game. We shall see. Yeah. And then Memphis twice, which you know we've we've done it a couple of times this year, but back to backs with the same team is certainly an interesting thing. And isn't it three three out of four too against Memphis? Yeah. Isn't it? If I remember correctly. Uh, I believe so. Uh, let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now, the television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? Hey, Jake. Gordon, how are you? Bowler, we're doing You're great, doing well. man. How are yeah. you? How's your bracket? Uh, that's enough said. <laughs> I think that's everybody, though, this year, yes. Bowler. I think that's everyone. Oh, yeah, it's tough. You know, I tell you, I watch hoop. But I'm not as engrossed as I once was when you know I was hanging out at CBS. But you know, as I said before, it kind of makes it tough when you had no players kind of jump and go so quick. You just don't have that same, you know, uh, fo- you know, following of two or three years with one particular player because you know the it, they come and go, man. I mean, they really players do come and go. Maybe maybe for a semester and out the door they go. So, uh, but yeah, there's been some good ball. I'm glad to see the Pac-12. You know, kind of what would you say? Uh, prove critics wrong and actually play much better than expected. So that's good. So, Bowler, uh, the Jazz look like the Jazz again last night. Oh, um, yeah. But but the, the but the $64,000 question right now that everybody is asking is, what's going on with Boyan Bogdanovich? Well, you know, I, I, if I knew, I, I wish I knew. Um, you know, Gordon, the only thing I can think is it has to be, and I heard, I think, Jake last night, Tim, talk about this or was it a day the the game before you know it's above the shoulders and that's you know he hasn't forgotten how to play and shoot the ball uh but i think mentally uh, whether it's lack of confidence uh he's had some tough luck shots that look great for my chair uh no matter how far i am from the, the jumbotron but <laughs> you know it's it's um it's really kind of perplexing because, you know, we know what kind of player he is and can be. And, Jake, I don't know, you know, Tim, you guys talked about the wrist and, yeah. you know, not falling on it. And the mind games that go with anybody who's had an injury, just think about what you go through to regain that confidence. But even at a higher level, uh, that's the biggest issue you have to deal with is knowing your body and if it does hurt or if he has doubts, 
it can play total mind games. So, you know, I'm not, I have it sadly because of the situation we're in. I haven't seen Boyan in person in over a year. I'd love to be able to chat with him, you know, just about it. But again, uh, it's, I think, I think it's just something he's got to work out at his own speed. I know fans are upset and crazed about it. And, you know, I'm looking at numbers to back that up, and I can get it. But, you know, here's one to throw at you, Gordo. Last five, he's 12% from three, three of 26. And that's not Boyan Bogdanovich, as we know. Now, he's gotten a few buckets inside, but even some of the layups he's had, you know, incredibly rolled off the back of the rim. And I just, last night I looked at Thurl like, man, that's unreal. I mean, you have to work hard to miss that shot. But, I think it's just the phase he's in right now. And uh, from everything I've heard on Zoom and talking to Quinn, uh, as we do on a daily basis, uh, it's uh, it's one of those things on a, on a game day basis. It's one of those things I don't think anybody's given up on him. And if he doesn't give up on himself, that's the key here. I think the team is still trying to get him involved in early, as we saw last night. But, again, I don't know if it's bad luck or, you know, if, if it's mind games, Jake. I mean, take your pick. It may be a combo of both. Yeah, it's it's I you know what I think he's going to shoot his way out of it. That's just my opinion. You know, uh, Locke mentioned this. Uh, Booner says uh, you're you always become what's on the back of your basketball card, right? And he's been a good shooter in this league oh, for, yeah. for a long, long time. But imagine this for a sec, Bowler. I mean, the way the offense uh, you know looked last night. Certainly, if he does get back to being Bogdanovich, I mean, this this Jazz team uh, has no excuse not to continue the offensive pace it's on. Yeah, you know, you have the hiccup. You play 9 of 10 on the road. Okay, so that's the real stress of this of this season's schedule. End of the first half, start of the second. You play one home game in a month. That includes, remember, the all-star break where you had four jazz, three players, and one coach really have no time uh, to, uh, to rest up. So, you know, those who want to criticize, they won't count that as in the equation, but you know, all teams have to go through a tough schedule, and they. All, I think each team, you know, there's may there may be you can go back in time and and look at the great Laker teams and the Chicago Bulls, and you know, but still, there are there are ups and downs in a season, and I think the Jazz, you know, just battle through one. Look, they went three and two on this road trip. They didn't like the Washington game, and I can understand Beal and Westbrook just absolutely went off. And the defense took has taken a vacation up until last night. Still too many points in the paint, but they're still defending the three. And Gobert was on the floor last night, challenged about every shot that came his way. And I still think you have to remember, Rudy can't take one on five. I mean, he's, he's still got to fill gaps and, and, and fill the cutting lanes and the baseline when Rudy goes out. He does extend, extend himself quite a bit. I like his recovery speed, too. But he was uh, totally on top of his game last night, despite some of the, the buckets that got inside and the mid-range game uh, by Chicago. But uh, man, that was that was fun to watch. I thought he'd get it. I really did. I thought he would. You know, I think Quinn was there in the final four, and I think they left him in a couple of extra minutes, hoping maybe he would get it. Uh, but I liked his comment too. I don't chase. Was it? I don't chase blocks unless I get to nine. <laughs> That was, that was pretty clever by Gilbert. Sometimes, Bolo, when you watch the Jazz, and I think this was the case last night, you've got a bunch of different options to go to. Like we're talking about Gobert, 9 of 11 from the field, and uh, just being very effective 
from that standpoint. Uh, Donovan, 11 of 19, 5 of 8 from 3. And Joe Ingles, you guys were laughing about it last oh. night. I mean, it's to the point now where every Chuck's up there is <laughs> going in. Uh, okay, so this is my question. When Joe is shooting like that, do you think the Jazz should create shots for him, or does that disrupt the flow of the offense? Yeah, it is disruptive, but I'll be honest, Gordon, it's a great question. And, again, I think when Mike was out with the hamstring, you know, look how he filled in uh, as a starter. But now back at the, uh, coming off the bench, he's playing almost near starter minutes on most nights, and it's hard to bring him off the floor. But he said it last night, too, in the postgame interview. It was a long answer to a, a pretty simple question. He just said it started in the off season that he knew his shot was there. And, you know, Jake, it's true. I, I don't know if I've seen a more efficient, confident guy uh, this time of, of the season in really some pretty tough conditions over the last year and two months, you know, with COVID. But he's shooting 50% from three. It's insane. And you almost get a chuckle because you know Joe's persona – is that little kind of you know crooked grin, and he, and he looks and stares back at you, but he's on, and he knows it. And it's fun to watch, and it's almost ridiculous just how easy this, this three-point shot is for him right now. And the other thing that I think he's changed that's been beneficial, beneficial to him is also keeping the, the ball above the numbers, or you know, chest high and not bringing the ball back down. He even made the claim that – and he – I remember – Guys, just even last year, sometimes we call him slow mo because it would take, he would wind up for the three, take it down and bring it back up. Now it's a catch and shoot right at his head. And man, when you work on that and you're comfortable and it's all in rhythm, Joe Ingles is the hottest three point shooter in the NBA. Well, I want to uh, ask you about Donovan Mitchell and, and give you an observation. And if I'm totally off on this, tell me so, because I, I certainly could be. But Donovan has scored uh, 30 points three games in a row, at least 30 points three games in a row. But last night, I, I thought was the perfect game for him. I mean, he was 11 of 19, 5 of 8 from 3, 30 points, amazing, six, six assists and six boards. But it felt like those 30 points came in the flow of the offense. It didn't feel like Donovan was dominating the ball. Not that he does that a ton, but it felt like that team ball movement type of game that we were used to seeing. And it, it was almost like you kind of looked at the box score after the game and go, wow, Donovan had 30. I, I hardly noticed. And I think yeah. I, I'm saying that as a good thing. No, it is. It is. You know, we, we talked about consistency, right? Not just fourth quarter. We're talking one through four. And, and Jake, I picked up my scorecard from last night, a lot of blue ink uh, on his name. But, yeah, he had 10 after one, 21 at the half, 28 after three. And he didn't. they didn't need him. Yeah. They didn't need any heroics or any Donovan type of heroics in the fourth quarter. He had a bucket. He had 30 points. He got, you know, a two-pointer in the fourth. But it was a very even very calm paced dominating performance and i also as you mentioned i'm glad you mentioned the rest of the box score or a few of the numbers but look at the balance with six board six assists yeah. you know that's what Shaq mentioned remember in the combo a month ago or so was you know are you going to dominate games rebounds and assists you know get your teammates involved well look i don't know how much better donovan mitchell can do on this road trip by the way clutch performer yeah does he need to be more consistent early i would say yeah just because Again, it gives the Jazz a sense of um, not purpose, but look, command. If you're if you're the a 31 win team, which the Jazz are, then you ought to come out with the swagger, right? And, and not play down or just let guys you know push you around. 
uh, your opponent. And I think you have to start and prove a point early. And I think last night was one of the best examples we've had of that in a while. They used to just run over teams and, and run away from them. And then, you know, obviously teams do run back. But I, I thought, again, the Jazz uh, looking at a six-point lead after one, 14 at the half, 18 after three, and you still have enough push in the final game of a 10-day, five-game road trip to win a game by 25. I thought that was pretty impressive. Baller, Rudy Gobert, 21 points, 10 boards, and nine blocks last night. Uh, A couple of observations. One is, are you surprised the development of his game at the offensive end? Uh, It seems like he's coming along a little bit, little bits and pieces. And then, why has it been so long that the Jazz haven't had a triple-double? Some players fall out of bed to get a triple-double for the Jazz, (laughs) not for, what, 12, 13 years? 13 years, boozer. Now, that was a regular season uh, triple-double. You know, Twitter will kind of go crazy when you talk about the last triple-double. There was one, Jake, remind me, at a playoff game. Ricky Rubio in 18. So, you know, Booze had one in 08 in the regular season. So it's crazy to think, if I'm not mistaken, it's the longest streak in the league with a team that hasn't had a triple, a triple-D. And, oh, so close last night. Uh, if the marketing bucket hadn't dropped, Rudy got a piece of it, and it went on in. <laughs> uh, it would have been, you know, been the triple-double everyone, everyone's been waiting for. But getting back to your question about the O, oh, I'm as surprised as I think most. I mean, Thurl and I, the last two games, have watched him, uh, and Jake and Tim have as well. And, Gordo, you saw it. I mean, hanging on a pivot foot, spinning, twisting right to left, and then, you know, scoring with power, uh, a little mid-range J from 10. I mean, that just takes Rudy's game offensively to another level, not just at the rim, but if the big man can step out even six to eight feet consistently, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's a whole other step in his progression as a player in his eighth year. You know, some, some say you top off. By the time you're 27 and five or six years in the league, you're basically the player you're going to be. But I, I don't believe this one on Gobert. And I tell you, I've kind of learned my lesson, too, about Mike Conley in his 14th year. And I'm looking at Joe Ingles, who's 33 and is seventh in the NBA. And all three of these guys continue to improve. And that tells you a lot about, I don't know, team, but also the individual and how hard they work. And also the way the Jazz continue to develop players. And you don't think a vet needs it, but – you have to be coachable, and I think all three names I've just mentioned still want to be coached and still want to improve. And I, I've been surprised about Conley. His three ball is on. He still seems to be just comfortable now more than ever. And Rudy seems to gain confidence, and uh, the same with Joe. Uh, you know, Joe, I thought Joe maybe had topped out, uh, but obviously wrong at, wrong at the moment. He looks as good as he ever has. Well, we're not going to see a full-strength Brooklyn Nets team tomorrow night, but what's your overall take on the Nets? Will the uh, KD, James Harden, Kyrie uh, pair, well, not pairing, I guess, uh, but triumvirate, will that work? The trifecta there, the the big three, as everyone likes to call and try to build. You know, I'm still wondering, but there's a lot of firepower there. There's no question. And if they can all stay healthy, then if you get into the playoffs, I think I saw it today with, with the high ankle sprain that LeBron suffered. Uh, they put the Nets as the favorite to win a title, but that's okay for the Jazz. You know, just kind of hang out, you know, you know, take some of the criticism and the doubters and just go play your game and use that to motivate and let Brooklyn, you know, run 
running the front, if that's the case, it's going to be. But, you know, the Jazz lost to them by 34 uh, back in Brooklyn on that Brooklyn, New York trip. And then remember what happened when Quinn just said, okay, you guys figured it out. And they went on, what, 21 to 22 in the win column. I mean, it was an amazing run. But when Kyrie's healthy and if Durant comes back a healthy player, Kyrie's away uh, with, uh, you know, a family issue, then you got James Harden. Look, those three names, there's some baggage that kind of comes with it, right? I mean, in my opinion, I may be wrong. You guys disagree. But I'm still not convinced that, you know, you can still have enough shots to go around if KD comes back healthy and Durant, excuse me, and, uh, you know, Kyrie's on the floor with Harden. I don't know how you do it, but, you know, I guess you give it a run, right? I mean, on paper, it's, it's dynamic and it's dangerous, but, you know, how good is the bench? Karis LeVert, yeah, I like him. Uh, Landry Shamit, he's out right now. Torian Prince, um, who else? Jared Allen has gotten some time. Joe Harris. There's a lot of a lot of players that command, demand the ball, but those three aren't giving it up. And probably 70% of their points in offensive production is going to come from those three or maybe even more. So I don't know. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens once uh, if they all get healthy and back on the floor together. But on paper they look good. But I think we know kind of the the mo of all three, and I'm not sure if they can all coexist. But I could be wrong. Bowler, if you were a betting man, would you bet that Alex Jensen will finish the season with the Jazz, or do you think he may be the head coach of a certain local university? Well. You know, insiders uh, have been kind of talking a little bit today. I think, obviously, A.J., who wouldn't want to go back and coach at, at their alma mater? I think, it's a, I think it's a real great place to land. In the Pac-12 up on the hill, I think there's, it's, it's still untapped and it could be a heck of a program. Uh, they've had, you know, obviously Larry gave it a run and it was high and low and then players jump into the, you know, the transfer portal. Um, you know, does Johnny Bryant become a part of this as well? Does he want it? Uh, you know, you got some former Utes that are well qualified, actually. And I don't know, AJ to me, um, Alex Jensen, I, I, I love the guy. Uh, he's passionate. Uh, he's as tough as they come. And obviously, with, and as Quinn Snyder said yesterday, and Jake, I thought this was telling in the conversation in the Zoom call before the game. He goes, Look, he's so important to this franchise. But to me, and, you know, that is a pretty big endorsement from a coach like Quinn Snyder to his number one assistant. But, you know, family has to come into play, and he may really want to just uh, be able to focus on being a college head coach. Or if he does want to be in the NBA, which I don't know either way what he's leaning, to be honest. But if he wants to be an NBA coach, you know, you can hang on to, to this position for a couple more years, and I'm sure with the Jazz success, it only makes you a higher priority on the hiring list if that's where you want to go. So I think the next uh, few days will give us a good feel for what's what's going to happen. Bowler, thank you very much for jumping on with us as always, and we'll see you here at the arena tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, big one, 8 o'clock. Um, with, uh, I guess, it's just going to be Harden. He'll probably take 40 shots, Jake. Yeah, just wait and see. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt it, Bowler. Not for a second. No, and All probably right, at least 22 free throws. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Haven't seen him do the little leg shuffle or the little uh, two-step, but I'm sure we'll see it sometime tomorrow night. Yeah. Thanks, Bowler. You're the best. All right, guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye. 
The great Craig Bowler Jack jumps on with us each and every Tuesday. Uh, we're going to jump out to Andrew, uh, but real quick, some breaking news. Uh, Utah forward Riley Batten has entered the transfer portal. So that's uh, the fourth Ute basketball player this season to enter the portal. So little news for you there. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And, Andrew, let's help our listeners uh, improve their relationships. There's a lot of guys out there dealing with ED. Yes, there's so many guys. And one of the things we're trying to do is remove the stigma around ED because that's what prevents guys from getting treatment. Maybe a little embarrassment. We think we're less of a man. Uh, But these treatments are relatively easy. A few treatments over maybe two to three weeks of the acoustic wave therapy. It opens up blood vessels enough that we have seen guys get off of the pill completely, get normal function back in the bedroom, turn back the clock. And keep in mind the science page, wasatchmedicalclinic.com. If you're into the data, uh, that has over 40 clinical studies saying this works. It's totally safe. One of my favorite statements in there, and we see it over and over again, is no side effects reported. And that's a great thing in the medical world. Yeah, I'm surprised with how much guys have been putting up with over the years. I mean, the the pill has some nasty side effects, let alone something like the injections. Yes, the injections are where guys go after the pill fails, which eventually does happen. Uh, But the headaches and the blurred vision and the pre-planning, we take those younger years for granted. And as far as I know, the treatments at Wasatch Medical, the only thing that really goes after the root cause, so you don't have to worry about pre-planning, the blood flows, where you want it, when you want it. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the schedule. Go see that doctor. And not only uh, find out if it's going to be a good fit for you, Andrew, but some other nice perks as well. Yeah, no obligation to do anything. You see if it's a good fit. And take a lot of free. Uh, the assessment and exam will be free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. This is the medical doctor I'm referring to. Uh, we'll throw in the little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You'll you'll love that, by the way. Uh, and new patients get free testosterone. So put a stop to the erectile dysfunction, guys. Uh, call us. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Dan Dickow is going to join the show coming up next. We'll talk some college hoops, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Talk a little college hoop with Dan Dickow coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on the journey and uh, his thoughts about Gonzaga specifically. Of course, uh, he he played pretty well up there for Mark Few. And we'll ask him about what he thinks about the evolution of his program. You know, who knew there were even greater heights to come after uh, the good run they had when he was there? Well, they sure look good now. That, that's for sure, man. 
All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Of course, uh, former legend there at Gonzaga, longtime NBA player, current broadcaster. In fact, you've heard him on the Westwood One broadcast we've carried right here on the Zone Radio Network. He's Dan Dickow with us here on the big show. Hi, Dan. Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, no worries. Hopefully uh, you guys are doing well. Um, Yeah, there's no better time of year. And I actually, I like the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday format. Um, You know, obviously things had to be reworked in a a crazy year with with the pandemic and everything. But I I thought it worked well. How are your brackets doing? Uh, Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I've got two brackets going right now. One for uh, the company that uh, I do, I work for called SB Live. I think I'm in uh, second to last place because I I overthink (laughs) it. And then in a family bracket, my eight-year-old son is actually leading that one, uh, and I'm in like kind of the middle of the pack, and he's he's talking trash to everybody in our family. <laughs> Good for him. That's awesome. Hey, we were just let's talk about Gonzaga for a second. Um, you played for Mark Few. I was just kind of saying, who knew that uh, the the program would have several other evolutions and step forwards after the great time that that you spent there and how good those teams were. I guess my question is, what has Mark Few figured out that nobody else knows? Yeah, you know, I, I think the couple things about Coach View is he's never been a guy to look for another job. He loves Spokane. His family loves it there. Uh, it, that area fits what he loves to do when he's not competing like crazy at practice or in games, and, and that's kind of be outside and, and go fishing and spend time on a lake. Um, you know, I think that's one reason some of these other jobs that – you know, about 12, 15 years ago, uh, people were reaching out to him, you know, never really had true interest in. Um, you know, there was a couple schools that, in particular Oregon, I know that really wanted him badly, and there were others that did, but he didn't go too far down the conversation because he, he knew he wasn't going to go there. So, um, you know, he found a place that he and his family love. And then on the basketball side of things, um, he's got such an eye for – evaluating talent um and it's once gonzaga has kind of gotten to that level now of six sweet 16s in a row they've been to a final four um now he can take that evaluation eye and be even more discerning with it and part of the evaluation that i'm talking about is you have to be a certain level of athletic uh, to have a certain level of athletic ability to play division one basketball that athleticism has grown within the program some of the positional size has grown within the program. Um, but the basics to him of decision-making, shooting, passing, ball handling really have not changed. Um, and he's somebody that, that uh, can really kind of get to the crux of if, the, if a guy can do those things at the collegiate level, can they do it well? And what's their room for growth? He's always been a coach that – you know, has been able to pinpoint guys that uh, have an opportunity to really improve because of the other thing that he really evaluates well is love for the game and does he fit what they're trying to do. Dan, a guy who people around here care about, John Stockton, uh, obviously. Does he have any involvement in that Gonzaga program at all, or is he just sort of a, a supporter? Um, I mean, he he doesn't have any day-to-day involvement, but uh, you better believe that he's around the program. 
program and is an influence. Every single guy that comes through that program um, at some point or another gets to know John to a certain extent, some guys more than others, because maybe they reach out to John a little bit more or their personalities kind of mesh. Um, but John is available. Um, you know, I look back to my time at, at Gonzaga. It was kind of coinciding with the end of his career uh, with the Jazz. And so my senior year was John's second to last year. And I had a light class load. And my my fall semester, right before he was getting ready to go to the training camp with Utah, I would shoot with John every morning for about 50 minutes. It was the exact same workout every single morning. Um, and then we would go into the training room and get our treatment, whatever was needed, and just talk basketball for about 30 minutes a day. And what college kid is able to do that? And I had that luxury and the ability to do that and I think it really helped me kind of think the game look at the game a little bit different um, but he's around the program uh, like I said he's accessible he, he helps guys out when, when necessary or when warranted but obviously you know with everything that's gone on you know with uh, the coronavirus and everything uh, he's not in the gym maybe as much as uh, this year as with, with guys in past years Dan, is anybody playing well enough right now to give uh, the Bulldogs a run for their money in the tournament? Um, I like Illinois, and then they ran into a, a, a really good Loyola team that should not have been an eight seed. Um, Baylor is looking like Baylor looked earlier in the season defensively. Uh, and then Alabama, I've liked all along. Um, you know, their offense gets so much of the attention because – they shoot so many threes, and that's kind of like a, a hot-button topic, the analytics of shooting threes for guys. Um, but they guard. I mean, I think they're number two or number three in the country defensive efficiency based on Ken Palm's numbers. And, um, you know, Ken Palm and the way he breaks his numbers down are as good as anybody analytically. Dan, is there a coach out there in the college game that uh, it doesn't get the credit he deserves? Is there a young up-and-comer? Well, I would have uh, I would have said had you asked me this 48 hours ago, Shantae Leggins at Eastern Washington. Um, he just accepted the job at the University of Portland. Um, I think he's a, a really good up and coming coach. I think he's only 39 years old. Um, he's he played at Cal. He played at Fresno State. He was an assistant for a number of years uh, under Jim Hayford before he went to Seattle U. And then he took over at Eastern. Uh, they were poised to make a run last year, and then you know. Um, the tournament was canceled. They gave Kansas a heck of a run in the first round. They led for, for quite a bit of that game. Um, I think I think Portland is a difficult job in the WCC, but I think he, if there's anybody up for the challenge and can do a good job, it's him. Dan Dickow was with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone talking a little college hoop. Dan, how good of a job is the vacant Utah head coaching job? I think it's a really good job. Um, you know, Salt Lake City is an underrated city in my estimation. I, I really like that city. Uh, you know, obviously I've been there a number of times. Um, I was disappointed they let Coach Kristoviak go because I think he, he has done a really good job. I, I, I do know that he hasn't gotten that big run that maybe a lot of people or alumni or boosters and fans would want. Um, but if you look at the landscape of the Pac-12, what teams have done that until this year, you know? 
Um, you know, so I was disappointed to see that happen, but that's the nature of college sports. Uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll find an opportunity somewhere good because he is a really good coach. Dan, before the uh, tournament started, Jake and I were talking about how the western part of the country uh, in college basketball was uh, slumping a bit. Uh, I think uh, maybe we had that discussion a bit too soon. Uh, uh, other than Gonzaga, it looks like Gonzaga's got some company in the West, teams who <laughs> aren't bad after all. Yeah, you know, that's, that is the narrative um, after the first week of games in the tournament, and you're right in the fact that that has been the narrative on the Pac-12 for a while. You know, I, I think a big part of it is, you know, nobody on the East Coast is going to stay up to watch a Pac-12 game at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock on the West Coast. Um, they're not going to stay up to watch it. And then the second thing is the it's very hard to find the game. I mean, everybody knows the challenges the Pac-12 network has had um, with distribution. Um, but they've had some they, – They've Pac-12 has always had really good players, and they've had good teams. This year they've got really good teams at the top. Uh, I think if you look at last year's NBA draft, I think 10 guys were drafted. It was a, it would be a surprise, or it was a surprise to most people, unless you really follow basketball at the college level and on the West Coast closely. Well, Dan, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate the insight, and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the tournament. We love hearing you on our station here on Westwood One. It's great. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Yeah, and. Uh, there's, there's nothing like the NCAA tournament, and to be able to be a part of calling games uh, has been a lot of fun for me these last few years. Awesome. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. There you go. Dan Dickow uh, does a bunch of stuff, hosts a radio uh, radio show up there in Spokane, uh, doing uh, color analyst work for Westwood One, uh, all sorts of stuff. So thanks to Dan for so jumping he's, on. He's based out of Spokane now, huh? I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, his brackets suck too, apparently. Most everybody's except yours, Gordon. Uh, interestingly, no, um, no, I'm, <laughs> it's total hit and miss this year. Uh, it's funny when you have these basketball experts, uh, college in particular, who's uh, who are getting beat by their eight-year-old sons. <laughs> I think it's happened to a lot of people this year. Yep. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we have some news coming out of BYU in regards to spring football. We'll get to that straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We have some news out of Provo in regards to BYU Spring Ball. They were scheduled to have an open practice on Friday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and I'll read right here from the release. 
Due to forecasted weather and related player safety concerns, BYU's fi- uh, BYU football's final practice of spring camp on Friday has been moved to the indoor practice facility instead of Lavelle Edwards Stadium as originally planned. Given the uh, change in venue, the previously announced plan for a final practice open to the public cannot be accommodated. Uh, they they mentioned they did sell tickets to that. I think they were like ten bucks a piece. Uh, in the release, they say those will be refunded and the process and processed automatically, apparently. So no action is required. So if you uh, threw those tickets on the Amex, I guess it'll go right back on the Amex. So, so that's this Friday, right? Yeah, is the weather supposed to be crappy? I don't even know. I I, I don't know. Here, I'll check uh, as we speak. Uh, that, that's funny because isn't BYU's pro day on Friday too? Uh, is it Friday? I knew it was this week. Yeah, yeah I Austin believe it is. Scene, yes. Yeah, so. Well, I'm sure they can accommodate two events at the practice facility. According to my weather report here, uh, Friday, 50% chance of snow. Well, there you go. I actually am glad that coaches are sensitive to this sort of thing, and this may seem weird to say, but after the Notre Dame thing where they had that poor kid out on a scissor lift in the middle of, you know, hurricane force winds or whatever. Uh, If the weather is going to be really nasty, just take it inside. You're building these facilities for a reason. And I really, I'm sure BYU fans are really disappointed that they're not going to be able to see the team. I get that. And I think it's great they tried to involve the fans. But, you know, if the weather's not going to cooperate, take it inside. Isn't, Isn't the spring practice usually an open to the public free event? Well, you got to make up for that budget shortfall. Yeah, that Austin. all changed, didn't it? Yeah, that all changed. Well, I mean, we can all understand a little bit, can't we? Can we? <laughs> well, they shouldn't be required to give something away for free. No, I just I I think that it's I don't I don't agree with that that move. All right. Well, it's not going to happen anyway, so there's nothing to complain about. True. Free, paid, not getting in. I mean, when the AD is begging for dollars on TV. Yeah, that should tell you something. I guess they really need <laughs> they that. They need the money. To pay, to charge for the free spring practice. I don't think that uh, Tom Homo is doing that because he wants to. I'm not sure he liked doing it. No, but, yeah. no, I don't think, I don't think he liked doing that either. But So uh, instead of, uh, instead of saying, take it outside, you say, take it inside. Take it inside. And I don't think we're going to have hurricane force winds on Friday by any means. That, that Notre Dame situation was, was extreme by any measure, but... Better safe than sorry. There's a lot of interest in BYU's uh, in practices right now because of the whole quarterback derby. Uh, a lot of people want to know sort of what's going on with that. And uh, yeah, there's some talented guys down there. Well, and there's some juice around the program after last year. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate that that, you know, up year for BYU came during the circumstance that it did. But it still gener- generated a lot of interest. And I'm sure a lot of fans wanted to see the team practice, but alas, not going to happen. We'll always wonder what that record would have been had they played uh, the original schedule, won't we? We will. Let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners. A lot of guys out there struggling with ED, and they don't need to be. There's a great solution out there for them. Yeah, they don't need to be. I think that the clinical science that I've read is that uh, some guys taking the pill uh, don't know about the technology. You know, they're they're dealing with the symptoms. They're dealing with headaches, whereas our treatments at Wasatch Medical, this is clinically proven to open up and regrow blood vessels. So we're actually treating the root cause problem of ED. And I would just say this, guys, you'll be surprised 
what can happen in the bedroom when we get your blood flowing properly. Yeah, and that's the whole thing, blood flow, get the vessels open. And, and you're using some technology. I mean, it's it's fairly recent to be used with this problem, right? But it's been around forever. I mean, this is a, a safe, effective thing that, uh, is, that they're using to uh, treat an old problem. Yes, this has been uh, heavily vetted and studied for a lot of years since the 50s, acoustic wave therapy. Um, on the feet, on legs, it actually uh, has been used and still is used to break up kidney stones. Um, we use a, a much lower intensity version of that, but yes, all about the blood flow. Erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem. That's what we're treating, and we've seen uh, studies that say it can increase the blood flow in this part of the body by 40 or 50%. All right, 801-901-8000 is the number to call. And if you've kind of been on the fence or hiding from the issue a little bit, Noel, uh, listen up, because now is a great time to explore all the uh, possibilities. Right, Andrew? Yes, and last segment of the day, uh, call us. We'll do the assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor. If you've never had your blood flow tested, by the way, really cool. I've had that done. Um, we'll do that free. And the very popular enhanced gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You'll love it. It's all no charge. Can we test the blood flow in Gordon's brain? Because I've been a little concerned. Is that a, is that we, a thing we can I do? Next time I come in, we're definitely doing that. <laughs> 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Andrew, you're the best, man. Thank you as always. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you. See you, buddy. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. 801-901-8000. Uh, we'll have more Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Tuesday comes and goes, Gordon, but no jazz tonight. We'll have jazz tomorrow. Uh, they get the, the the night off tonight, which means uh, I get to go home and do bath time with my three-year-old. How fun. Good for you. I'm really happy for you. You know, you need to do that more often or as often as you can anyway. Well, I'll tell you I'd what, I do, it, I do it all the time now. Basically, uh, all bath time is dad bath time because very pregnant mom. Uh, <laughs> it's a little more difficult for her to do bath time. Yeah, good move. Good move so, on your part. Yeah, yeah. so these, these uh, jazz off nights have become bath nights. Heaven forbid the jazz play a back-to-back, then I have a stinky three-year-old. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I'd say every other, every other day is pretty good, right? Well, right now for us, that's a, a, about it. Well, no, that's not entirely true. We do it in the morning sometimes, but it, it's kind of become what these nights off are for me. I have some exciting uh, news coming tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my daughter, who is uh, expecting, is uh, she and her husband are finding out uh, what the gender of the baby is tonight. That's exciting. So they're... I hope They're they don't. To, uh, I hope they don't start a fire. No, it's not going to be anything dramatic like that. Didn't somebody? Isn't, think, wasn't that a story? Somebody like during yes. a baby announcement, like burned down yeah. a forest or something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going overboard like that. I think what they did was they got they found out earlier today, but they haven't opened the envelope yet, and so they uh, they got like a balloon or something that they're going to pop and it's either going to be blue or 
pink. And uh, so that's how they're going to uh, demonstrate or illustrate that for uh, the family. So we'll see how that turns out. That's always you. You and Naz are waiting, right? Yeah, we know we're not correctly. No, we're being surprised. It's always exciting, though, isn't it? I mean, aren't you looking forward to finding that out? Nope. <laughs> of course, I'm looking forward to finding that out. <laughs> I thought you might be apathetic about the whole process. No, no, it's it's very exciting. That's why we're waiting. We want the we want the moment to be that whole thing. But uh, yeah, my yeah. my wife liked to wait because she said it helped her get through the whole. The whole, uh, you know, labor process and all that. And, you know, I was right there with her every breath of the way. Congratulations, Gordon. You weren't out smoking cigars in the lobby, huh? <laughs> and, well, actually, the way you said that makes me think, think there's that a story. He wasn't. That you yeah, missed one or right, two. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, no really? I was always there. No, I was really? Always there. Thou doth protest. Because I'm with Austin. That doesn't sound like that's the case. No, I was. Like I Hans was, in the drive through at Wendy's. No, I was always very supportive. I was, you know, right there. There's something here. But, uh, there's definitely something nope, here. Nope, but, uh, nope, have nope. I ever told you guys this story about when uh, my brother and I were at a concert in uh, in North Carolina at a, at a bar? You know, it was kind of a little concert, but it was at a bar, and we started chatting with this guy next to us. And let me tell you, this guy was blasted. I mean, just hammered. <laughs> and and he, we're like, hey, you know, what, 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 what's going on with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, we just had a baby. I said, oh, congratulations. That's great. When, uh, you know, last week or something? He's like, no, like like two hours ago. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, my, my wife's still over at the hospital, which was next door, apparently. And... Uh, <laughs> So, That's where you want a bar, so by the way. Two hours after this guy had a kid, he's like, "All right, honey, I'll be back later." <laughs> and let me tell you, when he came back, when he went back, there's no way he was in good shape. I mean, he was no. in bad shape. Well, they have IVs there, the hospital. I gym. guess. I just thought, wow. I'll tell you from my personal experience now. Uh, a couple hours after uh, Sadie was born, if I told my wife, I said, "Hey, I'm going to go to the bar. <laughs> I'll see you in a little bit." I, I wouldn't have a marriage to come back to. Well, Jake, you know, that coaxing that baby out of the way like that is a lot of hard work for the husbands, right? You need to, need to go, go let your hair down a little bit after that. He was thirsty. <laughs> yeah, he was thirsty. I was just so surprised. I thought he'd say, oh, like a month ago, you know, we've got the newborn thing. I'm out here blowing off some steam. He's like, oh, it was like, it was like at uh, 5 o'clock this evening. Still had the wristband yeah. on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Gordon, you uh, have a great night. Have a have a nice night with your fam. That sounds great. Yeah, thanks, man. You too. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.